This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA with close to 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Callie Milliman. We've got a really interesting one here for you today. I know here at the Ontario SPCA, we do get a lot of phone calls and inquiries from people asking questions about wildlife. And uh, we are going to be talking a lot about wildlife on today's podcast as we are joined by Kathy Stockman. She is the operations manager at Shades of Hope Wildlife Refuge in Georgina. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to uh, be chatting with you today. As I mentioned, you know, we do have folks who ask us lots of questions and uh, we work with great partners, at Shades of Hope being one of them. Uh, so we figured you'd be the right person to uh, give us some information. Well, I'll certainly try. <laughs> well, let's start off with uh, injured wildlife. I think that's sort of um, most people's question. If they encounter wildlife, whether it uh, be when they're out and about walking or on the road or what have you, you know, how do you identify injured wildlife? Well, um, it depends very much on on what kind of wildlife it is and, and what time of year it is. In the winter, for example, if you see uh, waterfowl, a, a lone goose, for example, and the ice is starting to come in and it's still out there, chances are that it, it needs help. On the other hand, if you see an owl and it's staying in the same place, you want to check under its feet to make sure it's not just guarding its prey. Bats, for example, at this time of year, they should not be outside. And if you find them in your house, there is no food for them there. They should be in torpor, which is a type of hibernation at this time of year. Uh, So they would need help. Obviously, something roadside. Essentially, if it doesn't fly away or run away when you approach it, it needs help. All these animals, they, they look at us as probably the biggest predator, and they will try and escape. Even if injured, they will try and escape. But certainly if they don't, there is an issue. That's really great to know. I think those are some easy tips that people can uh, really utilize. And and you mentioning about the, you know, if they don't run away or fly away, you know, maybe something's up there. Yes, in most cases. Uh, Sometimes it could be a songbird hits your window and it might just be stunned. So if you take it and put it in a cardboard box in a quiet, dark place and just leave it for an hour and then check on it, and if it looks it looks like maybe it's getting a little brighter, um, put it back in for another hour, and then open the box and see if he can fly away. If he can fly away, great, He's, he, he was just stunned. But if he can't fly away or he's starting to look worse, then for sure you need to call um, a wildlife, and, and I can give you the numbers or the uh, websites where you can look up the numbers, um, well, if people want to hear that. So that's a really great point. Now that we're at the stage where we've identified um, that the, the wildlife is in fact injured, who do we call? Where do we go to find a wildlife center? Well, there's a website. It's uh, at um, ontariowildliferescue.ca, and that will list all the licensed rehabbers by map. So if you click on the tab of the animal you're inquiring about, It will then show you all the licensed rehabbers who accept those animals, and then you can call them. 
Okay, so that's that's awesome. What's that website one more time, Kathy? It's Ontario Wildlife Rescue. Perfect. So people... Alternatively, uh, you can go on our website, which is uh, shadesofhope.ca, and we do have tips on what needs help, what doesn't, and, and how to catch them, and so forth. And our phone number is on that website as well. Okay, so great website to uh, utilize as a resource. And now you just uh, mentioned about the information that you might find on your website, you know, in terms of catching wildlife. We want to keep the animals safe, of course, and we want to keep, you know, you safe, the person. So, you know, what is the safest way? It may change, you know, animal by animal slightly, but what's the safest way to catch wildlife? Well, in general, the first the first step is a, sh- a towel or a sheet over its head. Um, they will generally just then settle down because they feel secure. Use gloves if you have them available. It's always good to use gloves with wildlife. Uh, once you cover their head, they should just settle right down, and you can then lift them into a box. And a cardboard box, a Rubbermaid tote is great. You can then lift them in there. Uh, if it's something like a porcupine that has 30,000 quills and could get all wrapped up in the towel, you can, or, or sometimes something like a raccoon, which is larger and would be difficult to lift into a box, take the box or the tote, put it on its side, and then take a broom or something like that and just, you know, course the animal into that and then turn it back up and put a, put a lid on it. And you can then transport it like that as well once you find somewhere for it to go. Okay, so yeah, that was kind of my next question. Are we keeping the animal then in that box or tote while we sort of drive to our nearest wildlife location? Yes, and the the best thing for the animal and the safest thing for you is do not open that box after it's in there. Um, You know, if you've got to take a peek to make sure it's still alive, but don't open the box. Um, It's very stressful for the animal. And also, you could end up with something loose in your car. Yes. Okay. That's a great point. We don't. <laughs> that would just, yeah, start to really uh, become a difficult situation if if that's what uh, is happening. I think something to keep in mind too. You know, why not keep a box with a blanket or a sheet and a pair of gloves in your car at all times? Maybe in particular, if you live in an area that's maybe a little more rural or where you may encounter wildlife more frequently, um, just so that you have it on hand. Absolutely, that's a, a great idea. The other thing that people sometimes find. Uh, if you see a dead opossum on the road, for example, further north, you're not likely to, but further south you do. There could well be live babies in, in her pouch if it is a female. Um, that's something else that people are starting to learn. We do a lot of baby possums that where mom, mom was killed and the possums, the babies survived. So um, the, the big thing is please do not feed or administer to these animals until you've gotten some advice. And we're always available to answer the phone and give any advice, regardless of what area you're in. That's great, Kathy. This has been uh, some amazing information. I I think I even learned a thing or two. So thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. All right, everybody. So this has been another episode of Animals Voice podcast, another really informative one all about wildlife. Of course, you want to stay tuned with us so that you can keep following these podcasts, gather more information and hear some incredible stories. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on iTunes. And we will catch you next time for another episode of Animals Voice Podcast. 
Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.